RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Why, You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. Hey, it's Jeff Crushell here. We are your weekly source for performance information. If you want to reach out to us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. You can reach us there. We answer every single message we get. On Twitter, follow me, at Jeff Crush. And on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, search out Crush Performance, and uh, we'll hook you up there. Hey, new website coming. We've been working on it behind the scenes, trying to... uh, Take some of your advice and answer some of the calls to action to make it a little more interactive, a little more information, a little more user-friendly. Of course, technology is advancing, and uh, there's some really interesting things they can do now with websites and interaction. So we're working on it. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And I think one of the things that's forcing everybody to sort of adapt here is this whole shutdown. We've all done a pretty darn good job. Now we're seeing the numbers climb, of course, right now. So um, just be safe, do what you got to do. Um, but but um, I think there's a lot of great things that are going to come out uh, on the other side of this COVID shutdown once we all get through it, hopefully as safely as possible. I mean, we've talked about it from our Kids of COVID series right through this Brain Game series how we've had to adapt to the current landscape. And as we see the numbers rise again here in the fall, it's a really important time to keep things in perspective. This COVID thing is drop dead serious. We understand it better than we have in the past. Our medical experts and frontline workers are, are more prepared. Um, we've just got to figure out a way to work collectively to beat this thing. The vaccine is coming. It's going to end. And in the meantime, in between time, what can we do to take advantage If your sport isn't running like it normally would, um, if your school teams aren't playing games, if your leagues or your colleges or your pro teams have been shut down, let's use this time constructively. Here's one thing that we can't do. We cannot throw in the towel. We have to figure out a way to safely move forward. And that's us as individuals. And then, of course, as groups. You know, I'm hearing rumors that some schools are shutting down sports again. Ah, such a tough one. You know, you look up to Canada and in certain parts of the U.S., they're working on this cohort model, which is really, really smart. I really like it. You can have one or two, maybe three cohorts. That's groups you're exposed to. So let's say you're a volleyball player in high school. You can either play on your volleyball team or your club volleyball team, but you can't do both. The risk is just too high. If you're a hockey player at a hockey academy, well, you can play at your, in practice with your hockey academy during school, at school, or you can go play at night with your community rep team or league team or whatever it is, but you can't do both. But if you're a hockey player who's going to school and has your family, there's your three cohorts. If you are a, a university student who plays on a varsity team and works a part-time job, There's your three cohorts. So I I like this whole idea. And if we can all sort of work under that, we can make this happen. But the one thing that can't happen, we can't throw in the towel. 
I don't see any reason. And, and you guys, please share your concerns here and let us know what you think. But I am just so, so concerned about the shutdown of sport, the shutdown of music, the shutdown of drama for all the kids out there. I mean, listen, this, this might not seem that important in the big picture of world economies and politics. But for the kids it's happening to, hey, this is a crisis event. And what we have to do as sort of leaders, parents, teachers, we've got to figure out a way to make sure we're taking care of business in the safest way possible. And at the end of the day, honestly, if the safest way possible means, hey, we got to shut things down for a little bit. All right. I understand. But what I don't understand is why we shut down things without really, really thinking it through. And again, it's, there's no easy answer here, but I, I think we can still make sure that our young athletes, even if it's through a virtual world, we can give them programming, help them um, take advantage of this downtime. So when, when COVID is over, they're in a better place. You know, the drama students, the music, the music students, our athletes, think of our athletes, the hockey players who have their season shut down. Go back to the kids of COVID. We talked with James Hamlin, one of my favorite young professional athletes who's just really taking advantage of this downtime. He's using this time to work on the physical side of the game, the physical part of his game that's going to allow him to get and compete and, and impact the next level of professional hockey. He's also using this time to work on the technical and tactical side of his game. So when he does step into this next level of the game, he's not going to be left behind. He's going to be one of the impact players. I love that attitude. Okay. But you got to know what you need to do and you have to kind of know what to do. And that's where we just can't give up. There's a way, there is some way that we can help our young people get through this, no matter what their interests are. Okay, and the same thing for our adults. We got to support each other. This is a tough time for everybody. All right, and when we talk about the crushed brain game, that's kind of what it's all about. What are the priorities? What do we need to do in order to set us up for success through the hard times, through the good times, on the short term and over the long game? There are strategies we can use to attack both of those. And when we look at the physical side, again, we've said this in almost every single episode so far, so I apologize for the repeat banter here, but I can't stress this enough. We're at a point in human development, human performance, where we really do understand the physical side of development. Given effort and time, there's not much we can't do. We will find out how good you can become on the physical side, strength, speed, power, movement, coordination. We can do that technical, tactical side. We can do that. We know skill and talent development. Given time and effort, there's not much we can't do. We'll find out how good you can truly become. The limiting factor there, yeah, maybe your environment a little bit, but listen, we've seen some of the world's top performers come from nothing, come from dismal surroundings. So I don't know if that's an excuse. We just need to adapt and make sure things happen the right way. Genetics is probably the biggest limiting factor. Genetics and the people around you, your environment, yes, for sure, but more so your support structure, you know, and that's a conversation that we'll get into on another day. But when it comes to the brain game and our top priorities, again, our top four priorities right now, written in stone, if we're taking in an athlete, an organization or a team, here's the things we address first and foremost. It doesn't matter year to year or from the get go. 
sleep, rest, and recovery. Everything has to come from sleep, rest, and recovery. If those aren't taken care of, you cannot operate at an optimum level. Certainly not at your potential. Nutrition hydration are critical for daily and long-term performance and health. Posture, range of motion, how your body's functioning, how it's lined up is critically important, not just for performance, but also for prevention of injury. And injury is the number one reason that people do not reach their potential, especially in sport. And then, of course, we teach movement. And then from those four, we branch in. We feel you can branch into whatever that individual athlete needs in terms of where they're at in their developmental timeline, but also where they're at at this particular point in time. But without those four in place, you got a long, hard, uphill road to climb. But if you're addressing those four things, you got a shot at really, really looking at how good you can get. Now, the conversation here in the Crush Brain game is, should we be paying more attention to our brain and everything that encompasses, which is a big discussion? You have the whole idea of the brain, which is the structural side, the nervous system the parts of the brain and how they function and what they actually do and how do we train those parts of the brain. We now have techniques and technology that are allowing us to train the brain like never before. And then you have the mind, which is like the essence of who we are, right? It's our personality, our attitude, our mood, our approach, and all those things that make us incredibly unique and individual. Those are trainable as well. And awareness is an incredibly, incredibly important factor there. That's that whole idea of mindfulness, right? So you have this whole interesting conversation revolving around the brain. Is it something that we address once we get into the flow of human performance? Or is it one of those fundamental priorities that we need to set up before we get going? That is what the Crush Brain Game is all about. And I'm really, really happy today to kind of take a little twist and talk to uh, one of the Crush favorites out there. Today, we're going to talk to Bob Tewksbury, Certified Mental Performance Consultant. Um, Bob is a former athlete. He pitched for 18 years in Major League Baseball. When he was done at 39 years of age, went back and finished his undergraduate degree, started working with some teams, and he'll tell the story here. We'll ask him about his story. Um, But then he just felt like he needed to know more. Went back and got his master's, got certified as a uh, mental performance consultant, and now he's consulting with you know, professional teams, the Red Sox, the Giants, the Cubs. He works with Olympic athletes, college athletes. He works in multiple sports. And he just finished a great book called 90% Mental, which is a crush must read. And on our new website, uh, we're working on having an area uh, for the crush must read books. If you want some good reading, if you're interested in human performance, there are some great resources out there. Uh, We're hoping that this podcast for you guys is one of them. And that's why your feedback is so important right? But we do have a series of books that we have read. I have personally read and talked to the authors that are just really important works for just basic understanding and also advanced concepts in terms of what it truly takes to tap into human potential. What does it take to truly, truly find out what human maximum potential is all about? And it's a, it's a big picture thing, but step by step, Uh, It's all coming together here, and today is going to be no exception. Coming up after this break, everybody, we're going to be talking with Bob Tewksbury, Certified Mental Performance Consultant, and we're going to get his approach on the mental game and how that folds into the whole brain game. 
when it comes to allowing our athletes and our performers, regardless of what area they're in, really, really reach their potential. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I hope you are too. So stick around because after this break, a very important conversation as the Crush Brain Game continues. Hey everyone, it's Jeff here. You know how nutrition is one of our top priorities when it comes to helping people perform at their very best? What if I told you there was a way to create wholesome, homemade meals with no shopping and no hassle? It's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers convenient delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. You can save up to 40% using HelloFresh versus shopping at your local grocery store. And HelloFresh's gourmet recipes are over 60% cheaper than the average meal out. So you can enjoy a restaurant quality dinner for less. And the variety is incredible. Break out of your recipe rut and try new things. Hello fresh offers so many delicious options every week and there's something for everyone including low calorie vegetarian and kid friendly recipes not only that over 90 percent of the ingredients are sourced directly from the growers to ensure you get the freshest recipes delivered to your door hello fresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet and i love this about hello fresh they donated over 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019 and this year they're stepping up food donations to local communities amid the corona virus crisis and hellofresh is so easy to use you're not going to believe it i just go to the website hellofresh.com click on the our menus button and boom there it is so many great recipes to choose from and in the queue for me i'm really looking forward to trying the crispy buffalo spice chicken are you kidding me it comes with blue cheese sauce scallion mashed potatoes and roasted carrots and the coolest thing i pick this meal with my daughter we have a standing cooking date for when it arrives so listen everyone hellofresh is america's number one meal kit for good reason they provide delicious and wholesome meals everyone will enjoy and here's how you can too go to hellofresh.com backslash crush 80 and use the code crush 80 to get a total of 80 dollars off across five boxes including free shipping on your first box go to hellofresh.com backslash crush 80 and use the code crush 80 that's k-r-u-s-h-8-0 to get a total of 80 dollars off across five boxes including free shipping on your first box. We believe that everyone should have access to fresh, healthy food and the ability to share a home-cooked meal with loved ones, and we hope you do too. Find out what it takes to be a top performer. Get the Crush blog, podcast, and newsletter at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Kershell here. Hey, thanks for hanging on over the break. Listen, if you want to get in touch with us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info. At Crush Performance is the email. Questions, comments, smart remarks, drop them there. We answer every message we get. And if you have something you want some help with, let us know. We will do our best. All right, let's get right into it. As we continue our look into the brain game, I think we can all agree at this point that the brain is something that should be more of a priority when we are addressing human performance, setting our athletes and our performers up to truly, truly tap into their potential. It's a long game. There's no question. There's no quick fixes, but there are strategies you can use to help you immediately while also keeping your eye on the prize, on the long game, most certainly. And uh, with all the experts we've had on through the Brain Game series so far, uh, just some incredible insights into what this brain and the mind are all about. But it's one thing to talk about it. 
it's another thing to use it. These conversations are incredibly important because we definitely need to raise the awareness, but we also need to let athletes, coaches, administrators, parents, we need to let teachers, we let the employers, we need to let everybody know that the mental game is trainable if you know what to do. Well, I'm really, really glad that we could track down our next guest, Bob Tewksbury, former MLB pitcher, pitched for 18 years with the Yankees, Cubs, Cincinnati, Padres, Twins, and others. He is currently a certified mental performance consultant, and he's worked with the Red Sox, the Giants, the Cubs. He's worked with organizations and athletes from other professional sports. He's worked with college teams and programs and also at the Olympic level. Bob, so great you could join us here as we continue our look and our quest into the Crush Brain Game. Crush, awesome. It's great to be back, and uh, I look forward to talking uh, talking with you about the subjects that uh, that you mentioned. It's um quite important. I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so we're into our series called the brain game here. We've sort of prefaced this before in previous conversations, but I was really, really excited to have you on because the one thing we haven't really talked about yet is the whole mental performance side, especially when it comes to athletics. And of course, we're looking at this whole COVID landscape, Bob, what a what an incredibly stressful time for everybody from the grassroots right up to our pros from administration, right down to the parents. This has been an incredibly unique time and maybe a time we need to start talking about uh, the mental side and taking care of the mental side of not just human performance, but human health as well. Does that kind of make sense to you? Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, I think that we're all um, uh, being challenged with, uh, our own individual self-care, you know, of, of being confined and restricted in activities and, and trying to find happiness, uh, within the context of this isolation, if you will. Um, it's really difficult and it's, it's far reaching. It's, you know, uh, you know, the young student students can't be with other students. Parents can't be with their children, you know, uh, aging parents certainly, uh, can't see their grand or grandparents aren't seeing their kids. People aren't going to the office. Um, and, and, you know, as we know, exercise is a really good, uh, component of personal fitness. Um, but even that's been stymied with the gyms being closed and other things. So, so the resources for, um, individual, um, self-care maintenance of self has really provided challenge and uh, and obviously so what can you do about it and that's where you know understanding ourselves and our behaviors and uh, what are using our resources what's available and um, is, is very important during this time yeah, you're so right. And you know, uh, one thing that I really, really love about your story and everything that you do, including your new book, which we'll get to, is is just how your whole career path has, has rolled out. You spent 18 years playing uh, professional baseball, pitching for some of the greatest teams, and then you went on to get your master's degree and, and become a mental, a certified mental performance consultant. Man, that is a really special mix, to, to be there in the trenches playing uh, you know, grinding it out with everybody else, and then to come back and 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 do the mental consultant side and and use that perspective as a player to help players and people just perform at their best. Hey, can you maybe for our audience maybe let us 
in on a little bit on on how that rolled out for you. What led you to this uh, this side of the the performance world when it comes to you know the mental performance side of things? Yeah, no, that's a great question, uh, and I'll try to make it as short as I can. But um, you know, I always. As a player, I was always drawn to the mental side, you know, reading uh, Harvey Dorfman's book, The Mental Game of Baseball. I was drawn to it, and then I, you know, through through trial and error over many years, you develop, you know, your mindset, your mental game plan, and strategies to cope with uh, things that can affect performance. And, and so that, um, so as a player, I developed that, and then, you know, I, to be honest, I had no idea what I was going to do when I retired, other than I knew I was going to finish my, my undergrad degree, which I did first um, at the age of 39, um, and then was working for the Red Sox as a pitching consultant. Um, and so the, the, the one perspective of that uh, job is to use your past experiences as a player to help coach the, the, you know, the young pitchers or be a resource for the pitching coaches or whatever. Um, and so there was a player who uh, came to me and told me he had a, a cocaine issue. Um, and I'm like, Oh, well, all right. Well, you should talk to the EAP, the employee assistance program person. And he said, no, I don't want, I don't want to talk to anybody. I, um, but I wanted to let you know. So, I'm like, well, now what do I do? <laughs> so I, I called the Players Association and spoke to the medical director. And he said, if you can get him here tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, I can evaluate him. So I, we left Pawtucket, Rhode Island after a night game and drove him to the city. I think we got to the city at like 3 in the morning, got him to his a, a appointment at 8 and drove back. Um, and no one found out. Um, with the team until many, many uh, months later. Um, and uh, so to me, it was a, a, it's kind of alarming that there's another side of this dynamic of working with players that I just, I only have my own players lens for. I need to get, understand more. So I waited a couple more years and then went back to school and got my, masters at, at BU in sports psychology and counseling. But that was probably one of the moments that kind of gave me pause to say, you know, I need to learn more about this. And I'm really glad that I, I did that um, because, you know, it's somebody like, you know, Ted Williams was one of the, one of the greatest hitter that ever lived. Um, but Ted wasn't a great manager and I think he probably wasn't a great hitting coach because for him it was easy. And I think sometimes athletes, good athletes um, get frustrated or maybe aren't as, as good a coaches as others because they, they have such a gift of talent. I think sometimes the best coaches maybe weren't the best players because they had to, really figure it out. They had to work at it. They had to, you know, uh, use every resource they had to be good. And I think those experiences help them be good coaches. And I think that's what has helped me is in getting this education is that I, I can see things, um, from the player side and I can see things from the, the mental skills consulting side 
And that information uh, together helps me, I think, meet the needs of the players much better than it did when I just had the playing experience. Oh, such a great story. And that is a powerful one. That's no question about it. We're talking with Bob Tewksbury, certified mental performance consultant. You can check out his great work at bobtewksbury.com. Bob, that is a powerful, that is a powerful story. Uh, and and I, I can relate, you know, I was in the trenches with those uh, players and, you know, at the end of the day, these are human beings, people, they're dealing with everything else. Plus the pressure of being a professional athlete. It's a pressure cooker up there for sure. If we look at this COVID landscape right now, you know, and just sort of getting back to our original uh, conversation about the stressful times that we're in, oh boy, do I feel for these young athletes, Bob? Oh my goodness, with the cancellation of the uh, minor league season mm. in baseball, we're looking at, you know, the developmental leagues in hockey struggling to put their leagues together. And, and then if you look at what's happening with the Olympics, these athletes who have trained years and years and years for the opportunity to represent their countries are now on hold and Fingers crossed it will go down, but uh, it's not a given. So, you know, on top of all the regular things we're dealing with, we've been throwing a massive, massive curveball, and we need strategies for dealing with that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do feel badly, too. I've worked with the Tufts University men's hockey team for the last five years, and their season just got canceled. Uh, all of the NESCAC schools uh, canceled their winter sports um and you know i've talked to several players who are just so upset about it and yeah the olympic athletes and and um you know people that are trained a lifetime for this opportunity um it it really stinks and i think what what stinks for the um you know there's two things that kind of create the stress is um you know one is that the fact that it happened and, and, you know, we've lost, lost potential opportunities. Um, but the bigger thing is, is we don't know the length of that, you know, how long this is going to be, you know, I think it's one thing if you can say, okay, it's a defined time and, you know, it's going to be this long. Um, then you can, you can deal with it because you have it, uh, you can see light at the end of the tunnel. This is, it's still very dark. Um, we don't know when things are going to get back to normal. And, uh, you know, developmentally, you know, trying to uh, stay in shape. And I talked to many players this summer, too, minor league guys. Like, you know, they have no place to throw. They have, um, you know, no place, no facility to train. They're not competing. They're not getting better. They think they're falling behind. Um so it's very, very hard. And I think, you know, what can you do about it is you can acknowledge that it's difficult and that it's unsettling. And then you really have to, you know, um, take care of yourself, exercise, eat well, do the, uh, maintain the best level of training that, that you can do because that's all you can do. Um, there are not, there are not many options, <laughs> No, unfortunately, you're absolutely right. And I guess it's just those 
those those little things that that can keep people going. And and again, another difficult time going into the fall here. We had a little bit of hope through the summer. The numbers were under control. I think we understand this COVID monster a little bit better from the medical standpoint. So our medical uh, experts are and frontline uh, uh, people who are committed to keeping everybody safe understand this beast a little bit more. But now we're seeing the numbers rise again, and we're talking about going back into lockdowns. And there's so many things going on. Uh, I does it go back to to maybe just that general concept of, you know, controlling what you can control and really, really understanding where you're at. I mean, you're right. There's not a lot we can do out there, but what we do do, we should probably try to do really well. Does, does that sound right to you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, like, I remember when we were in camp um, in, uh, in Mesa with the Cubs in the spring and Theo came in to talk to us, Theo Epstein, the president and he goes, look, I, you know, we're going to shut this down for two weeks. We're going to reevaluate um, and see where things are. I, I don't think anyone expected, you know, the minor league season to be canceled. And, and like you said, the programs and things that are going forward to have shut down. Um, and I think, you know, one of the, uh, and Harvey Dorfman would uh, tell me this, you know, the, the, the best the most solid part of a good routine starts with acceptance. You know, um, we may not like where we don't, we don't like where we're at. Um, it really stinks, but we're, where we're at, we have to accept it. And I think, um, accepting that fact that this is our new reality for now. And then, um, almost, developing the so what now what mindset all right so what this happened it's out of my control now what am i going to do about it and and you you make a list of personal things that you can do what is what's controllable in your world um you know we can control our what we put in our mouth we can control how much we move to a certain extent based on you know weather and resources um we can control what we think about. We can control how we handle this, uh, you know, um, event uh, from a, a personal behavior standpoint. Um, and then we've got to be consistent to write it out. And, and I think the other thing is important too, is to share that it's frustrating, you know, like, it's okay to say, look, this really sucks. You know, I've lost my job or I can't see people and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Um, because we're all in this together. This suffering is not, you know, it's, it's not exclusive to, you know, one, one, uh, geographic or socioeconomic, uh, status, uh, you know, people it's getting us all. So I think, to kind of normalize it, um, you know, they say if you can name it, you can tame it. So if you name it, it's, yeah, this is COVID, this really stinks, and uh, what can I do about it? You know, I think the only, I won't say the only good thing that's happened, because a lot of good things have happened this year for me personally. You know, I've been home for the first time in 39 years during the summer, and it was really fun. <laughs> I didn't have to travel. <laughs> right. You know, I was with my son. We kayaked. You know, he was home, working from home. Our daughter was working from home. Um, 
And then, you know, in February, the Chiefs won the World Series, and I've been a Chiefs fan since 1969. So I was really excited about that. But, um, but I think, you know, the other thing, Jeff, is to try to find the blessings, you know, in and around this. You know, having an attitude of gratitude, would one of my colleagues would say. Um, and with that is, you know, you can see it a little bit with the restaurants. Um, you know, they've had to create outdoor seating uh, to accommodate patrons. And, and maybe that's going to be something that's good for them in the future. Um, you know, I'd like to think on a global perspective, you know, that less flying around and, and less burn of fossil fuels due to due to the uh, lack of travel and et cetera, maybe gives us, maybe gives planet Earth a little breather for a while that may have long-range permanent, you know, benefits. Who knows? Um, so, uh, and the other thing is that, you know, this will pass, um, but the anxiety is caused by not knowing how long. Uh, but this will pass, and, um, you know, it'll be different, but it can still be good on the other side, and we just need to believe that. Oh, Bob, so good. I love all of this. This is so great. So what? Now what? Normalize it. If you name it, you can tame it. And an attitude of gratitude. Such important concepts, These little, these little golden nuggets that – can really help people put things into perspective. Because let's face it, when you're on your own out there and not having these types of conversations, it can be really, really tough. And again, it's one of the reasons we're so glad to have you on. We're talking with Bob Tewksbury, certified mental performance consultant, uh, spent 18 years pitching in the big leagues, and uh, is now a consultant. He's worked with the Red Sox, the Giants, the Cubs, many universities and athletes and organizations as well, just talking about the mental side of human performance. And Bob, that really fits into our conversation of our series here called The Brain Game. And uh, just trying to look at the importance of this exact conversation, the importance of the mental side and getting your house in order, sort of, so to speak, before you attack your performance. You know, from from the you know the show's perspective and and our series perspective here, everything you've talked about so far. Oh my gosh, it's just so, so important. And one of the reasons that we're kind of rethinking our top four priorities, which up until now have sort of been written in stone. These are the top four things that we felt strongly uh, needed to be addressed for, for any athlete out there who's trying to look at a personal best or really tap into their potential. And, you know, we start with sleep, rest, recovery, sleep and hydration and nutrition, posture, range of motion, then movement. And then we sort of looked at, okay, who, who needs mental training? Who needs work with vision, the brain side? You know, we can attack that after those four things are in place, the technical, tactical side, or then we individualize. But what we're finding more and more in talking to all the incredible people that we've spoken with over the last few weeks, and of course, this has been on our mind for quite some time, is, you know, if our if our mental approach isn't in order from the get-go man nothing you can't sleep well you can't eat well you know the work you do might not be at the caliber you want so i think we all know where this conversation in this series is heading in terms of prioritizing the brain is one of those most important things um but everything you just mentioned here dealing with you know life right now um boy boy what a story and and what a picture that paints for everybody and just realizing how important it is. Your new book, 90% Mental, 
is just the perfect. We should have actually seen. We should have consulted with you about using that title <laughs> for this series to tell you the truth. <laughs> and it brought me back. You know, one of the one of the great characters in the in in sport, but certainly in baseball, Yogi Berra. Baseball is ninety percent mental, and the other half is physical. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of always chuckle right. when I hear that. And you made me think of that, Bob, in your book, and and uh, a very interesting perspective. Ninety percent mental. I really really appreciate it. Yeah, no. I, uh, well, it's the 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 uh, the book agent came up with that title, and I think he had that reserved before he even had me and my the writer under contract. <laughs> um, but um, so no, I do I do think sleep rest recovery. Um, look, this is you know the the reason that people young people play athletics is you know to learn. You know, everyone say to learn life skills, to be a good teammate, to learn um, about uh, discipline, to overcome obstacles, to have um, you know resilience and and this and that. Um, and I do think that those are all those are all life lessons that happen. And without athletics being played now, I think the opportunity for that uh, has changed. And I, and I, but I do think that the you know, you mentioned the book, and I appreciate that. The people, the the dads that have read that, have talked about um, the components in that book. And one of them said, you know, it's a it's a life book with a baseball background. Um, and I think that, to your point, understanding the the mental aspect of of performance, or you know, uh, to work on areas that. Um, you can improve your performance, self-talk, journaling, how journaling can help, imagery. um, Those things are all part of our day-to-day activities um, that have scientifically been proven to help. So why wouldn't you want to start that early as part of your routine? Um, And I think that's what, you know, you're talking about is to to be aware of that uh, psychological component, and everything, as to your point, everything builds off of that. So, uh, you know, I think it's a great topic. It's one that I'm, I'm glad that, that you're reaching out to, to inform and educate on, and I'm happy to have been part of it. Yeah, well, we're happy as well. And on your website, you, everybody can go to bobtooksbury.com. You've got a great pie chart, which actually represents, hey, what does 90% look like? And it, boy, that is a that is a really powerful image right there. Where you have the little sliver for the physical side of the game, a little sliver for the technical, mm-hmm. tactical side of the game, and this big, massive piece of the pie that is the mental side of, of human performance. Now, all together, all of those things are, 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 are critically important. Um, and it's it's not so much that maybe the mental game is is more important than anything else. It's just once the physical side. And again, we've been talking about this through this entire series, Bob. And you've been through it. I mean, after you know being in professional sports as long as you have, the physical side is kind of easy once it's addressed. And if you mm-hmm. if it is addressed, it's kind of easy. We know that side really well. Faster, you want to jump higher, you want to get stronger, more powerful. We know more about velocity and creating velocity in 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 baseball whether we're talking bat speed or throwing velocity than we've ever have before. We haven't quite mastered the injury side, and that's a topic for another day. But um, once all that stuff's taken care of, we understand that. 
the mental sign still seems quite mysterious for a lot of people. And I use that word kind of, uh, kind of jokingly, but it, but it can be a mystery if you don't understand it, right? No, and I, you make a, that's a great point. And I think that's what happens is people don't understand what the mental side means. They, there's still a negative connotation with that, uh, word mental or psychological. Um, but, you know, what, what's interesting is, um, when I, uh, and I think it's in the book, I was in a double A locker room with the, I was working for the Red Sox. It was in the double A locker room in Portland. Uh, uh, the Portland Sea Dogs were playing the New Hampshire Fisher Cats in New Hampshire. And I went up to, you know, there's three areas of performance, as we know, there's physical, fundamental, and mental. And so that's the pie chart. Um, but that's not, if, if you were to look at an athlete, um, they would probably, that chart would look in reverse. Right. You know, they would, the, the amount of time that they spend on the mental part of the game would be very small. So I asked them how many players, 25 players sitting around, I asked them how many here, people here are playing up to their potential. Um, and no one raised their hand. And I'm like, okay, so with a, with a show of uh, hands, I'm going to go through each component, and I want you to raise your hand if that's the reason why you're not playing up to your potential. So how many people here aren't playing up to the potential because of something physical? 25, 26 guys, one person raises his hand. He had shoulder injury. All right, guys, how about fundamental? How many people here are not playing up to the potential because of a fundamental technical issue? Two players raised their hand. I said, okay, guys, how many people here are not playing up to their potential because of something mental? And they all raised their hand. And I asked them, what are you doing about it? And they looked at me like, uh... Right. So that's the issue. Um, uh, and, and identifying that and... Um, you know, I just think that creating more knowledge of what the mental game is and isn't uh, is important. And um, that part of it's education and education about the, the brain. I mean, we have so much uh, science and research now with fMRIs and technology about, you know, the science behind mindfulness meditation and um things that can help the brain and neuroplasticity and you know we're just cracking the you know this amazing uh part of our body this amazing brain is just incredible <laughs> oh it's but you got to use it uh, because with everything being equal you can only run so high jump so fast you know uh but the difference uh, in the great athletes is those that do it, you know, their perception doesn't change of the situation. The, the magnitude of the task doesn't change. They simplify things. Why do they do that? It's not physical. It's cognitive. There's a cognitive base to that. Um, and understanding what that is and how that can improve your performance is, to me, the separator, you know. Oh, boy, that is a great story. And you know what? I think that kind of... 
um, epitomizes sort of the consensus here in the Crush Brain Game series about the importance of this. You you can't use it if you don't know how to use it. That is a great story about those players in the locker room. And uh, as you were telling that story, I was just imagining all the players and all the teams I've been involved with over the years. And I wish I'd had that conversation. I wish I could go back and have that exact conversation with them. I'm going to use that going forward for sure. But but you're right. We don't know about it. We don't know how to do it. And maybe that is just the 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 essence of why uh, the brain should be one of those top priorities. And maybe maybe in our top priorities, it doesn't have to be um, um, the, the, the full breakdown in the, you know, all the bells and whistles, but maybe just the basic understanding of, of what it takes to truly tap into your potential and how important it is to be aware of that mental side, the brain side of sport, uh, so to speak. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that is... Um yeah, that, that's so key. Huh? Uh, I'm sorry, I got a little distracted. I just looked out my window, and there's a there's a, a crane that's right by this guy's house. And I'm like, oh my god, I hope he doesn't hit the house. So I sorry, I got a little. I got I, my focus. I I diverged my focus away from the crush man. I'm sorry for just a moment. Let's keep let's keep going. That's okay. It's not often a crane goes by and almost takes out a house. So I understand. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but but yeah, so we're just start, we're just saying that you know, man, maybe this is really sort of a, a, a really good perspective of why the brain should be one of these top priorities, and, and maybe we're not talking about the all-in brain training and and all the bells and whistles that can be addressed over time. And again, that's a progressive development. Brain and mental development is as progressive as skill, strength, power, and everything else that we do in sport. It has to be progressive. Um, but getting an understanding of the starting point and and what you can do to to get that part of your house in order, maybe that's where the top priority comes in. Maybe that's where the brain fits in to the top priorities in, in human performance. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I think um, – Yes, I would agree with that. You know, the other thing when when you're identifying, just like, you know, when you have an athlete and you want to put them on a program of any kind, there's an assessment. Um, And I think that, you know, for people that want to work on their mental part of the game, some type of assessment is important because um, it can help identify more specific areas to work on than just a ambiguous mental game, you know, this big vacuum. Um, so I think that that's important to be able to have something like that, that, um, you know, the assessment could lead to more education, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be uh, a big, um, you know, I mean, the, the, you have to become a, a, a neuroscientist, but just understanding that the basic, components of the brain, you know, the pre, the prefrontal cortex where, you know, when does that develop and the amygdala and how that reacts, you know, is the, the fear base and, um, you know, the other parts to that, that, you know, there's actually a great, where's this book? I was just thinking of this book that, um, speaking of the brain, um, give me a second. I think maybe it's out here. Uh, I mean, go to the Tewksbury Library. Uh, ah, which is, I like it. Uh, Dipping into small. the library. 
Yeah, there's so and again, there's so much information out there. It's sometimes hard if you don't really understand it. You don't really know where to start too. But I like the idea. You're absolutely right. The assessment is just so critical. We do physical assessments. Spring training is all about physical assessments uh, and 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 health of our athletes. And to have that kind of an assessment, at least to to establish a starting point and a base of knowledge for the players and support staff. What a what a really important uh, um, aspect of of tapping into potential that is. Yeah, well, I think that, that I found my book that I was looking for. Um, it's called The Chimp Paradox, the mind management program to help you achieve success, confidence, and happiness. This should be read after the 90% mental, by the way. Um, but <laughs> so if I'm going to plug someone else's book, I need to plug my book. Amen to that. Um, yeah, I like it. <laughs> but you're just talking about the, uh, you know, it talks about... Um, understanding uh well they call it the, the chimp brain and there's three brains the frontal limbic and um partial no um paradal i can't, Riddle, can't yeah. read that uh, yeah um Riddle. that form the parietal yeah that form the psychological mind so it just talks about you know why we act how we act because of our brain what how the brain works and um I just thought it was fascinating, but it goes on to your point about, you know, understanding yourself a little bit more and that personal awareness, um, you know, comes from understanding why you act like you do, why you behave like you do and why you think like you do and how to, um, you know, around that form a, a plan, uh, a mental game plan, if you will, that you can use when you need to use it in performance. That's what, you know, having a mental game plan is like having an insurance policy. You know, you only need it when you need it. And sometimes performance goes great and there's no challenges or obstacles. And, um, but that's not the norm. And so, you know, you need to have a plan so that when you get challenged or, a storm comes up in performance, you can give yourself the best chance to succeed uh, or to play consistently. It doesn't always mean you're going to play your best, but to have some, you know, to turn a 0 for 4 as a hitter into a 1 for 3 with a walk that maybe scores a winning run, um, you know, to, to uh, get a double bogey instead of a, you know, or a triple bogey or a bogey instead of a double bogey or whatever. Um, so I think that that part of it is, is really important. That awareness and, and understanding, you know, where that, how the mind works from that standpoint, you know, thought the cognitive triangle of thoughts, feelings, behaviors, you know, I mean, that's, that's something that we all have and, understanding the genesis of those in competition is really important. Oh, so important. It kind of goes back to that uh, concept you mentioned earlier, name it and tame it. If you normalize it and kind of make this part of the, part of the conversation now, especially in the, the developmental sports, I think that's the real next big area that we could attack in conversations like this, Bob. Oh boy, are so, so important. Listen, I can't thank you enough for your time today. We could go on for hours here. There's no question about it. But, but I tell you what, you really, really helped shine some light on the brain game. 
and how important it is and this whole idea of the mental performance side of sport and how trainable and attainable it can actually be when you start understanding it. Uh, Bob's uh, website, everybody, is bobtewksbury.com. His new book is 90% Mental, uh, Crush Must Read, uh, no question about it, Bob. Um, before we let you go, I just wanted to get your impressions uh, about the uh, the COVID landscape once again and the MLB season, the shortened season, I thought was fast and furious. Uh, but these playoffs, you know, having more than half the league into the playoffs, I, th- I thought was really cool. And the way this is wound down here, boy, what a ride these playoffs have been in Major League Baseball. Yeah, they really have. And, um, you know, I, I, again, I, we can emphasize with athletes at all levels that haven't been able to play this year for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, I think that the at the start of this, baseball thought, you know, 60 games, everyone's like, well, what's 60 games mean? That's, you know, that's 100 less and – uh, you're playing in your division or, you know, geographically and what's this mean? Uh, but I'll tell you that, you know, uh, I think that the players will tell you this, that, you know, to be going through the protocols that they've gone to be isolated, uh, to, to make this happen, um, uh, in and around these circumstances, I'm sure it feels like they played a hundred extra games. And, um, I think that, you know, the players have still gone out and played. You can still see the nervousness or the excitement. Um, you know, this means something to them. And I think that that is a credit to the players and their professionalism. And um, I'm glad it's been pulled off. It's unfortunate there's no fans and um, to, to experience this. But I tell you, it'll be, it'll be really fun again when there's uh, sold-out ballparks and uh, people are sitting next to one another, enjoying a hot dog and a beer, and watching the national pastime. Um, but yeah, it's it's been great, um, and they've been good games too. You know, they've been very some exciting ball games, and I just wish they were on a little earlier. You know, the game seven the other day. You know, I think obviously we know why that doesn't happen with TV revenues, but it would be nice to start games so you could really watch and uh, especially for the young kids cultivate a you know a viewership of young athletes but now we're going down a different rabbit hole so we better stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're we're opening that Pandora's box but you're so right hey man the the timing of these games is uh, cracking into one of our top priorities and that's sleep and and that's a bit of a problem as well but uh, agreed Bob listen so insightful such a great conversation really appreciate you all of your work and everything you've done. Bob, I cannot wait to talk to you again. Uh, Please stay safe out there, and hopefully we'll be on the other side of this COVID thing sooner than later. Much appreciated. I I hope so. Always fun to talk to you. Look forward to the next email to say, hey, Tooks, you got time to come on and talk with Crush? Absolutely. So be safe, be well, uh, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Okay, there you go, everybody. Bob Tewksbury. What a fantastic conversation that is. Boy, if this doesn't fit right into the Crush Brain Game theme right now, I don't know what does. Such great information there. And again, coming from the perspective of a former player, and you know, that's one of the things I really, really do appreciate when players get back into the mix as teachers or as coaches or as uh, administrators, you know, using that reference. Uh, that they have as a player living the game, living, breathing and developing through the system. 
Um, what a great perspective to have. To be a mental training coach, a mental performance coach with 18 years of experience pitching in professional baseball. Uh, boy, boy, that's pretty special. And Bob is a special one. His book is a must read, 90% Mental. It is a great read for parents, coaches, players, just really, really practical stuff. I mean, think of some of the things that we talked about in this conversation, you know? Um, so, so what? Now what? And again, a lot of this stuff is just simple, simple concepts that can set you up for dealing with issues that you're facing right now in the short term, but can also arm you and give you some confidence knowing that you can deal with issues moving forward. And I think that's part of the part of the discussion here. It's having these tools to use and overcome the issues that you're having, but also knowing that if something does happen, you can deal with it the right way. So what now what? You're here. You're here. You got to deal with it. So what do we do now? That comes from, you know, way back in the day with Harvey Dorfman. That's a Harvey Dorfman-ism. And it's really, really good to hear uh, Bob talk about Harvey. Harvey was a pioneer in the mental game. He really, really was one of those game changers. He really paved the way for acceptance and understanding when it came to the mental game. And it's still, it's still alive today in his many, many books. He not only was a great consultant and coach to players from high school right up to the pros, Harvey wrote a number of books that to this day are still some of the most powerful books and, and mandatory reading when it comes to the mental game. I mean, coaching the mental game for coaches, it's from a coach's perspective, things coaches need to be aware of. And then the mental keys to hitting, the mental ABCs of pitching, the mental game of baseball. Of course, Harvey worked in the NHL. He did some basketball as well, but I think baseball was his true passion. But listen, I have seen those books dog-eared, ripped up, wrinkled, highlighted uh, in, in so many lockers. I can't even tell you. And for good reason. There's such great practical resources. And I think, you know, when we look at this generation of, of player, uh, the understanding and acceptance is at a much higher level when it comes to the mental game. But what Bob's talking about here, I think, just resonates all of that. You know, as we mentioned, so what, now what? You got to deal with it, figure it out. Here we are. Let's move forward in the most meaningful way possible for you. Looking at the greater good, of course, but again, we're all individuals with our individual circumstances. Such great stuff. Normalize it. Name it. Tame it. What a great little saying. Okay, and that goes back to really understanding what's going on around you. And you can't, you can't, really deal with a problem that isn't accurately defined. It goes back to our saying, a problem accurately defined is already partially solved. It's impossible to fix a problem if you don't know what it is. And that's kind of what that is. You got to name it and understand it in order to tame it. In that conversation about COVID with Bob here, that's a really important concept right now. And to normalize it, knowing you're not alone. You know, we're all dealing with this in our certain ways. Some people have lost their jobs, their livelihoods. Oh my gosh, it's been, it's been terrible, okay? And then, of course, other people are just dealing with, again, in our, in our Kids of COVID series, think about those high school seniors that, you know, that stuff might not seem really, really important in the big picture, but for those kids, it's important. Those players missing their season, that's important to those players. It doesn't really affect anybody else in society, the fact that minor league baseball shut down their, their season other than the people involved in minor league baseball. But for the fans, um, yeah, maybe a little bit. 
but for the players, the coaches, the owners of those clubs and the people that work those ballparks. There's many, many people affected here. And, you know, those people need to rally together. They're a community of their own now, but everybody's been impacted. So that's where that normalized conversation comes in and attitude of gratitude. You know, these little sayings are just, oh, so good. I'm going to go back and listen to this conversation again, because there's so much in here that we really do need to consider. I have to thank Bob for coming on to share his game. And that book, once again, uh, you can go to bobtuxbury.com, 90% mental. Some really, really good stuff in there for parents, coaches, athletes. Um, Bob's got some some great insights and a perspective that very, very few people have. So uh, I've got to thank Bob for coming on today as we sort of work our way to the end of the Crush Brain Game series here. I, I think we've got maybe one more show that I want to get in. We're going to talk to one of the founders of Thought Technology, Lawrence Klein. He's also been uh, instrumental in lining up some of the interviews that we've had over the course of this series. But we're going to talk to Lawrence here next week. And I think we'll try to get in one more expert on how we need to incorporate the brain and the mind. Again, they're one in the same, but they're incredibly different entities. Uh, the brain is the structure of the brain. We know how it develops. We know how to influence it. We've got tools now that allow us to monitor it, even see it like we've never been able to before and train it. The mind is our attitude, our approach, our personality, all those things that make us unique. That's still a real interesting area of conversation that we haven't touched much here in the brain game, but it's something that I think we can address next week. We'll announce that. And, and maybe there'll be two more shows. Again, we, we said we weren't going to put a limit on it until we get down to the bottom. And I think we're getting close now. I think if you go back and listen to this series, we can all agree that we probably need to put a little more emphasis on the brain, the mind, and everything that goes into it if we're truly, truly going to tap into our potential. And I mean that from the get-go. And I also mean that from the long term. We'll out, outline all of that in the upcoming episodes. So, so again, thanks to Bob Tewksbury today. What a fantastic conversation. Again, his website, bobtewksbury.com. Hey, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening and, and share the show. I'm telling you, these conversations have to happen more often everywhere we are. In sport, outside of sport. Anywhere people are trying to perform. In the workforce. In our schools. All right? These conversations Oh, they're powerful. I've seen them at work. Just knowing that we can control some of the things that we don't know how to control or didn't think we could control can be really powerful. And again, if you need help on any of this stuff, contact us. We know all of these great people who are incredibly willing to help. So if you've got questions, comments, smart remarks, need some help, or if you have something you want us to investigate, let us know. We've dedicated segments, entire episodes to the emails coming in or if you want to keep it private we keep it one-on-one and it's just you and us taking care of business either way we're here to help you tap into your potential all right thanks for tuning in go out there have a great great week we'll talk to you next time right here on crush performance goodbye now don't forget to ride 
Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. 